Peace to the goddesses. Peace to the gods. This is another episode of Convos with Living Legends with yours truly, God with many visions. And um, shout out to our first 18 guests who came on to check in, especially my last guest, um, Eldridge Washington, the young God. Much loved to this young God, man. We spoke on everything between bridging the gap between the young and old and how we can repair ourselves and join together to be great. But, you know, today, this is, um, I got a very special guest. This is like my OG, my big bro. You know what I mean? This is James Sims. And you know what? I got so much flowers to throw his way. You know what I mean? I got so much love, so much celebration to throw his way. But, you know, without any further ado, I'm going to let the God tell you a little bit about himself, and then we take it from there. Yo, my big bro, James, tell the people a little bit about yourself, big bro. All right. Hey, thank you again, bro. Um, and I appreciate everything that you do and uh, just the platforms that you're on. You know, this is like uh, second nature for you. You know, it's like whenever you look at someone and you say, hey, you know, what are they good at? You know, you just look at what you do and, and that's what you're good at. That's that's what you do naturally. The things that you do naturally um, and your passion, you know, uh, that's what you're good at. And I look at it and I say, man, you know, I'm just amazed at what you do. Um, so thank you for taking the time out uh, to get me on the podcast. No, nah, I appreciate you, big yes, bro. Sir. Nah, man. You yes, come bless, sir. you come bless, you come bless my platform with your presence. I am grateful. I'm gratitude. Yes, sir. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah, uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm I'm a man of many, many hats, but you know, uh, First and foremost, a child of the Most High, and number two, um, a single father of two. I say three, but she's 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 a, a grown adult now, so she's on her <laughs> way. She's doing her thing. Uh, but my second adult uh, is a twenty-year-old daughter, and my third is a sixteen-year-old son. And um, we hail from the Washington D.C. area. Um, and uh where go go is the livest huh when go go is the livest oh yeah yeah you know go go is 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 a part of me you know uh, i was just telling my uh daughter i said look what was so crazy is that i was so in in in, in deep into go go music i had no idea of the greater hip hop r&b um i knew a couple but my mom was so entrenched in go-go that she kept us at all of the outdoor parties, outdoor festivals. Uh, so if I heard it on a, a go-go mix first and I heard it second from like a hip hop or, or a rapper, I'm like, man, they stealing their stuff. <laughs> Cause I was so entrenched in go-go. I'm like, man, they stealing their stuff, man. But, it was the other way around that they was paying homage. You know how you do top 40 and pay homage to those hip hop or uh, R&B artists. But it was, it's nothing like putting a go-go beat to it. So if, if, if uh, you know, if you haven't heard go-go, I don't know if you, uh, you know, live under a rock or whatever, but go-go is, 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 you know, is, is the vibe is the whole percussion uh beat you know from my motherland you know everything comes you know full circle so you got salsa in there you got uh you know the the 
heartbeat is the drum and then you got the congos you know so the congas are from the latin field but afro latin field um so that that music is dear to my heart you know now go goes the shit man like man (laughs) listen man the many times i've been in merlin not maryland merlin you know you know, the main time I've been in Maryland in, in VA, man, go 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 is where it's at. Yeah, Maryland, you know what I mean? It's not Maryland, you gotta say Maryland, you know. And you know, go to B more, you know what I mean? You got you gotta make sure you put emphasis on your R's. <laughs> PG County, what it do? Big bro. Can you hear me, big bro? Yeah, it was breaking up a little bit. Okay, okay, you was breaking up. You was breaking up. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll yeah, take, I take off all that part. But yeah, continue on, big bro. Yeah, so you know, um, that's the that's the soundtrack, and that's that's the heartbeat of the city, right there. You know, and um, if if you look at Go Go as far as music is concerned, as far as culture is concerned, for for a go-go, a go-go goes a long way. You know, so you may be partying for an hour, two hours, three hours, four hours, you know. So it it goes a long way. So I think that's ingrained in me to go that extra mile, you know. Um, And growing up has always been go that extra mile. My mom always taught me that no matter what you know you do in life they can't take it away from you because the prospect was always either figure being smarter than the next dude out in the street or really put my smarts to good use you know so whether it be clever on this side or clever on that side but at the end of the day she always said no matter what you do the one thing that they can't take away from you is your education. So if you can't be a ball player, you can't make it big in the street, you can't make it, uh, you know, over slicking or, or doing better than the other guys in that illegal world, then you always have something to fall back on is your education. So she stressed that education was key. And I didn't really figure the purpose of it, that it would actually make me a better man later on in life because without education you have little to no options you know so if you don't have it up there in your head um you don't really have any options or you don't have plan a b c and d you're not not going to be able to work those things out without an education so what became cool was learning different things you know, and then being self-taught where just go out and research, find out, you know, about different things. Even if they don't teach you in school, go and and, and look for it, you know, try to be as well-rounded as possible um, in life. And um, that's all I ever strived to be was as well-rounded as possible. So um, my mom always taught me too, is that, you know, we strive to have friendships and richness in all walks of life so you can't be restrictive and you can't say oh i ain't gonna do that or i can't do that everything is possible you know you got your body and mind everything is possible so anywhere that you step on this earth should be um 
a place that you can feel comfortable. I don't care if it's the most racist place on earth that you yourself will be able to make it through or to be able to find a friend or they will, you know, respect who you are because you stand true to who you are and your light shall, you know, shine and those things shall reveal themselves. So that has always been the key, you know, and I, I try to stress that to the children is that no matter what, you know, is that what you have in your mind and that integrity that you have learned from me, it'll take you a long way, you know. A long, long way. Yeah. A yes. long, long way. And, you know, one one key thing, you know, you did mention you ha- you wear many hats, but one key thing you, you forgot to put out there, uh, among those many hats, you are actually, you are actually, how would I call it, a publisher. And as a melanin brother, how many people or as a melanin man, how many people can actually say they publish other people's books, other people's literature? And to me, one reason that I'm extremely grateful to you is that you allowed my you you made it possible for my daughter to be an author. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know I mean, you you made it possible for my daughter to be an author, and like for me, I'm forever um, grateful for you because. I never thought that was possible. So knowing how much literature is important to the Mellon community, you know, what can we do as a people to keep literature, you know, um, literature re- relevant in the, um, the Mellon community? Well, thank you, sir. You know, and thank you for giving me the opportunity. That's for one, you know, uh, without, you know, you reaching out, to us and and saying hey you know my daughter has this then it would have never ever been able to come to fruition you know so thank you for giving us the opportunity uh to bring that to light my mom used to always say this what man can do man can undo you know um whenever somebody sits there and they have a feeling of doubt they'll look at something and i'll give you a quick example right you have i'd say about over probably 500 million lawyers, right? Okay. So if you're going into, uh, not 500 million, that's a stretch, 500,000 lawyers, right? And you're going into the law firm or you're going into the field of law and you're looking at, oh man, there's 500,000 lawyers here. Now, you may look at them and say, oh man, that's competition. How am I ever going to get a job if there's, 500,000 lawyers. But what you bring to the table and your uniqueness and you being as thorough as possible is going to win you those jobs all the time. Being, you know, just you and being thorough and being unique and, you know, showing, you know, the better, better parts of you in that position. So when I looked at it, I said, okay, there's plenty of publishers, but what do I bring to the table? What do I bring to the table that's going to be unique? Because we have a question. It's kind of like a statement. There's a statement and a question, too. Um, but the question is, do you know the difference between being produced, published, and complete? Those are three different levels when you're going through uh, into creating a book and getting to the publishing world and into those nomenclatures but 
there's a stock difference, you know, and everything still goes back to education, you know, knowing exactly what to do, how to do it, and where to do it, you know, are very important. But in publishing, you have to know the difference between what's produced, published, and complete. And most folks can, what, what I say is, know enough to be dangerous. Everyone can produce. Any and everyone can produce. You ever hear that uh, that uh, saying, you know, one hit wonder? Yeah. Everybody can be a one hit wonder. It's that is easy, true. You know, um, now it may not be complete, but it, it's out there. You know, you can produce it, you can put it out there. But understanding those levels, and then I think the the going back to the lawyer analogy is understanding your client's needs. So if I'm a publisher and I got 20 different publishers that are around me, what's going to put me in a spot where they're going to choose me versus choosing the other publishers? Then also it depends on your clientele. You know, if your clientele is not looking to be complete, they just want to be published, they just want to be produced, they'll go for whatever. But for those clients that understand, hey, I, I need more than just the, the production. I need some education there. I need some understanding of how this all works. And I may need how I can look at it from a, a, a standpoint, a, a different mindset of how do I reach my particular uh, customer base. And also, Let's get down to the nitty gritty. Let's be 100% um, transparent and understand that, hey, even though I have it produced, I still have a long way to go. And don't be afraid of that journey. Most people stop. They, they do enough to be dangerous and then they stop. And that's it. Oh, that, that's fine by me. But there's still a journey to take until you're complete. So we we really um, pay attention to that part. Let's get you to the point of completion. Let's get you to the point of understanding. Let's get you to the point of making sure that what you have is something that you can be proud of. Do you know that on average, with people just starting out, putting their own books out, um, doing their own work, is that on average, you'll sell any anywhere between 50 to 100 books, right? To okay. begin with. But then some people after that will shelve their book. And the number one reason why people shelve their books is because their book has a mistake in it or a couple of mistakes that they cannot figure out for themselves to fix. So they, they're like, okay, I'm stuck. They may even go through a publisher and the publisher makes a lot of mistakes and they're like, tag, I'm stuck. And they don't have that type of uh, confidence in their work. They're like, oh man, it's, it's, it's messed up. I don't even really feel like pushing it because every time I push it, someone says, hey, there's a mistake on this page. There's a mistake on that page. And they kind of get tired of hearing someone say, hey, there's a mistake. There's a mistake. So what they do is that they just forget about the whole thing. And what started out as something that they were passionate in they feel that, okay, I, I can't put this out. I'm embarrassed because it has problems. You know, one guy said um, years ago, he said, do you want to be right or rich? So there's a way around 
those things also. Even though you may have mistakes. Hey, it could be your first book. So what is a mistake? But is the message behind the whole book. You don't want them to concentrate on those little mistakes. You want them to get the message. And in doing that, do you want to be right or rich? So it depends on the mindset also. So most of those folks will just lay their books down and say, I, I don't even want to put my book out there. So they come to us when they, when they turn around, they say, man, I just need to get it fixed once and for all. I'll feel better uh, with this book, with this manuscript, if I can just get it corrected. Man, it could be minor things. It could be major things. But life is not over. Again, what man can do, man can undo. So you don't worry about that. You want to um, put yourself in a place where you say, you know what? Even though I started it and it may not be done, let me go ahead the extra step to get it done. Let me get it completed. Let me go find out how to get this completed. You know, and that's where we come in. So I'm going to do a shameless plug. Uh, you can reach out to us at Sims Books Publishing Corporation. Tell them, big bro. Tell them, big bro. Uh, Sims, <laughs> S-I-M-M-S, books, B-O-O-K-S, publishing.com. Uh, you, can, you can inquire inside. And uh, hit us up, and we, like I said, it's a full service company, so we can uh, do either consultations, we can fix and edit, we can do art, anything that you need uh, to get done with your book, we're there and available. Now, now big bro, you, you, it's nothing like a shameless plug because you're gonna say this all over again towards the end of the of this episode, as well as the other things you got going on you're gonna talk about all of that so people can know where to reach you because on this platform i call it convos with living legends because to me you are living legend and i'm giving you your flowers now and i'm celebrating you letting you know how much i appreciate you and how much you mean to the melanin community others may not see that but i see your worth to the community so with, with that being said how rewarding is it for you to know that you're aiding and you helping other melanin people to become authors because like you said earlier sometimes you know before they even start they they doubt themselves even before you know they put the book out well you know um yeah i mean it is definitely rewarding because i was in that place to begin with you know um and that makes it all the more special you know i put my own book out my very first book out years ago and just to see your name in lights, just to see that you got something out there, it, it's, it's a great accomplishment. And the thing is, is the mission, is the purpose behind it. And because we're purpose driven, then it, it, it is a hundredfold um, when it comes to the joy that I see. Because we're not only just saying, okay, we're going to take your book and we're going to put your book out there. No, we want you to have a mindset of this is your legacy. This is something that's going to be able to be passed down from generation to generation to generation. This is something that you're going to leave behind and you're going to be part of history. You know how they wrote the history book, history? Yes, history. Your story and to leave it behind for generations to come. So this is your empty palette and you can do whatever you want with it but have the mindset of, okay, what am I leaving? You know, 
what am I leaving when I write this book? Who is going to read this book? You know, so you want to make sure that whatever you put out there, and I don't care what it is, something of substance, do it right because you are now leaving a mark. One of our authors said that the closest thing to immortality is writing a book because it'll be here forever. True. You know? True. Yep. That is so true. And like with in the day and age that we in right now, you know, technology is like the number one, the number one thing. But with literature, like it feels like literature is a lost art. How do we combat what's going on with technology? Because nowadays, you know, reading a book is, is 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 not the wave no more. Sometimes I've you know I've come to um I've been at certain events and I'll ask somebody if they read, there's like read and they'll twist their face up like I asked them a dirty question. Like, <laughs> like like how do we get back to the days when it it was fundamental to read? How do we get back to those days when it was it was a passion of people to read? Like, you know, it was a passion of a, a lot of folks before technology. How do we get back to that phase, even with even in this technology um, technology world? Well, you know, sometimes you have to get with the times too. Um, so we have to explore other ways. You know, you can do audio you can do visual visual is what it where's that right now everything is visual you know so whether you are doing your podcast whether you are online doing live you know you literally have to change your approach so yeah that that person may not read a book they said man i don't read then you take your time on live and you're like okay i'm about to tell my story you know, I'm going to tell my story. I'm going to talk about this particular book. Some of my authors have turned to doing story time. And within that story time, they're actually talking about their books. You know, they're actually talking about their books. Now, there's a way around that also as far as being able to collect revenue. Say like you read a couple of chapters and you get people into it, but your whole book is recorded in segments, right? So okay. you read it and then you record it in segments. Then they have to pay you to get the other segments. So you can download them into MP3 files and get a group of them. If you have like 10 chapters, 10, 10 files, right? And you can set it up on your website. And that's the new way that we're trying to handle technology right now is that we need to meet them where they're at. Um, and then have it where you give them a couple of chapters and they're like, man, I want to know what, what happened in this book. Then you can sell them the rest of it. So it'll almost be like a tape or, or uh, something that they stream that they can download and then hear the rest. So that's, that's one way. The other way is that we understand history. History always have a way of repeating itself. Facts. You know? So things that will, that are here, you know, before they will come back. You know, so picking up a book and reading, that was probably one of uh, one of the things that I kind of worried about back in uh, 2009 when we first started was that Kindle was the wave. Everybody's talking about Kindle, get on Kindle, this and that. Yep. <laughs> and I thought that the wave of an actual book would just die out, that everything had to be on Kindle. 
Um, but what I found out is that the more people that you reach, you still have a lot of folks that love to hold a book in their hand. You know, you got to search far and wide to find them, but there's a lot out there that still would like to turn them pages to read that book. Um, so what I'm saying is that nowadays, in, in order to combat that, you got to be versatile. You got to have more than one way to showcase your book, because if not, then, you know, that's where the problem comes in, where you're like, hey, I got this book. And they're like, oh, I don't read books. Oh, I have it in audio. You can go on my website and download, you know, the whole um, book and just listen to it. So there's different ways. But then also we have to capture the mind of the young again. You know, their mind is on stuff that we didn't grow up on. We That's grew true. up on actually seeing real families on TV. Look at what they're doing. They're not growing up looking at real families. They're looking at housewives or such and such, this and that. And it's like, that's not reality. That's not real. They have changed reality and flipped it upside down. So you have all of these single people or you have these married people having all of these crazy, funky issues. But you <laughs> grew up on seeing how families were families, you know, on TV. So being able to rewrite that story, a writer is a writer is a writer. If Facts. you write a book, you can write a movie. Facts. You can write a song. You can write a play. So now it's up to us to take that book, transfer that into a movie, write that for a show pull our resources and do our own shows so they can physically see the book. You know, some people are auditory and, and some people are visual and some people, you know, have to write it down. So we have to appeal to that, uh, though that, that side of the generation, but we just got to be more flexible and creative with it, but we can pull what we write on them pages back into reality. by, like I said, creating a stage play, you know, creating a movie, creating a small reel, a movie, you know, because nowadays you can do everything from your iPhone. Facts. So if you had enough creativity and enough people, you can shoot your own movie, you know, and then stream it. So there, there are still possibilities, you know, so if we know that, oh, man, they, they're not reading these books. The book will start one place and then it's going to end another place so that book can now grow into something visual you know so we have to stay on our toes and say okay let's move this material to another medium you know so being versatile really really works You got it, bro. Hold on. Yep. All right. So, yes, with, with all that being said, right, mm-hmm. and knowing that knowing that literature is becoming a lost art, and as we as we're advancing in this this technology, this technical world, as you as you call it per se, mm-hmm. for, for me, um, like you just said, you you gave a lot of solutions on how we can embrace it to use it. 
you know, how we can embrace it as authors like myself, how we can embrace it to use it to our advantage. Do you ever see a time where, um, where, where books would be in the forefront like it used to be? I think it, 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 it all comes back to that. Because remember, the first of everything is a word. It began with a word. It was B, right? In the yeah. beginning, it, it started with a word. So we can't escape it, you know? It's going to all come back to the word. You know, there's nothing in life that has not been done without words. So what we have to do is make those words relevant to the time, relevant to the people, and understand that this is a way of being able to grow your IQ, a way of learning something new, and then remember, you got to always remember this, that things are not going to always be here. You're going you're gonna to have some things that's going to drop out. You're going to have some things that's going to come back together, and then they're going to uh, either go up in technology and be different or um, where, you know, at, at any point, just look at it like if, if the economy kind of drops out, right? Okay. And people are, are pushed back into old ways of living. Like no longer can I pull up my iPhone and do this, do that. I'm pushed to a different way of living. You never know 10 years from now, that folks may not be able to hit the uh, store like they used to now. You know, it may not be as plentiful. So people are going to have to live off the land. People are going to have to revert back to something other than the internet. You know, pull up a book. You know, you know, we we kind of lost that when we got the internet, though. So I do <laughs> see where you're coming from because we used to have encyclopedias, but we don't need encyclopedias no more. We can just no, we don't. Google and, and we and don't, <laughs> you know, but I, I think um, what it is is that that guy, Charleston White, um, he's a very uh, outspoken guy. I don't know if you know the guy, but he's on the internet right now and he's from Texas, right? Okay. And he made mention, he said, look, Y'all going to have to go back in them slave quarters and huddle up, you know, like you used to do in the old days, you know, because you're facing something that is not trying to allow you to win. So maybe these books are going to be essential because look at it right now. If I go on the Internet right now and I say any of the, the 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 hot words, you know, that's going on. And they'll say, oh, no, you can't say that because that's against such and such rules. Okay. So everything right now is being censored. So because there's heavy censorship out there on the Internet, you're going to start seeing a lot of that information that people are looking for is going to be censored. So you're going to have to kind of scale back and then read a book or listen to someone's lecture in order to get the right information, in order to get the truth. What they have that uh, critical race theory and, and all of this and all of that going on, they're trying to erase history. So being that they're trying to er erase history and keep that conversation, you know, 
quelled it down and, and tried to stop the conversation of history, then where else will you be getting your information? Facts. That is true. That is true. So true. So I think books will still be around and it's a way to uh, definitely get out the info, you know, because if you're going to Google it, sometimes it may, it may not be there next time you Google it, you know, because they're restricting a whole lot of stuff. Man, they restricting a whole lot because when you think about it, even in the in the prisons, right, like for a gentleman like myself, the library was a safe haven, yeah. especially in my second bid was my safe haven and I read a lot of books and I, I found out about a lot of laws, a lot of laws, how we was being systemically oppressed. And it was pissing me off while incarcerated that some of these laws was holding us back from our greatness. But now you hearing that they trying to remove the libraries out of the prisons. <laughs> so how do you expect these men and women to rehabilitate themselves? Supposedly rehabilitate themselves to go back to the community. If you're going to take the libraries away. Because that's when someone like you and I step in and we, we, we hold that torch and we go the extra mile. You know, we know of these things. We know of the history. We know of things that we have read. Uh, then when they come out, they have a way, they have a place to come. True. You know, they have, you know I, I deal with a lot of brothers that are, that are still in and that, are, that have come home uh, that are making their way and they like, man, when I get out, I might just go back to pumping. And I'm like, nah, what do you got? You got a story to tell? Write your story and I got you. So as soon as you make landfall, you got a business. You got something to walk right into. So use that same mindset that you had when you was out here pumping that illegal and now use this as your product and pump it the same way because you are now using this to elevate and not to, not to destroy so see it the same way so that's the type of vehicle that we have to be because we know that at large they're trying to take away everything right you know but these are things that my mom said they can't take this away the knowledge that you have in your mind they can't take that away now if you're using it on their platforms um and trying to spread it on their platforms then yeah at any any given day they can kind of you know shut that down but if you have the ability to print you have the ability to write and uh, buy paper and get get things printed and and uh cut for you for yourself then it's limitless you know you don't have to wait on them no i'm i i gotta i gotta totally agree man because the the way things is going like i enjoy I enjoy being an author. And, and the funny thing about it, I became an author because of me being incarcerated. I found the, I found the power of words. And people don't understand words are spells. So, like, that, that's why, as, as you can see, like, big bro, whenever me and you converse, I'm always speaking life into you because I know by me speaking life into you, I'm pouring, you know, by using these positive words, I'm actually, I'm actually, it's like I'm giving you a boost in a yes, sense and vice, and vice versa. Yes, and sir. people don't understand once you can calibrate words and put them into a book, whether it's a poem book, whether it's a story book, or whether it's a book of affirmations, whatever it may be, you, you just don't know what you can do for that reader. Mm -hmm. So like, for me, it's so rewarding when 
a reader reads my book and they come back and they give me criticism, wonderful constructive criticism. That means mm-hmm. they 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 were attuned to everything that I wrote in the book, and, mm-hmm. and I love, and I love it. At times, it, at times I do feel like that um, books is going to be thrown to the wayside because of the technology. But there's other times when I do these events and I sell the books and people and the amount of books that I brought and I'm, I'm coming back with two, three, sometimes no books at all. It, it, it goes to show that literature still exists and mm. primarily in our community. So to me, there's, there's, hope. Mm. there's hope. But what can we do now to get our babies to understand the importance of literature? Because a lot of our babies don't read. You know, they, they stuck on, their phone is dead in their face. The iPad is dead in their face. Read is like, you telling them to read is like you punishing them. Right. You know, how yeah. do we get our babies to understand and appreciate the true value of, 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 of um, literature? Well, I would say this because I think the, the, the longer our generation goes, the more, uh, uh, rebellious they get right you know I know that generation X was a rebellious generation <laughs> we was rebellious uh, so as our generation goes they don't want to be handcuffed they don't want to be controlled but you have to give them the reality and say okay if you do XYZ then you're going to be controlled I mean, it's not, you know, you add those up, you're going to be controlled. But one thing that, that, that reminds me is out of Romans where it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So if you don't follow the pattern, because if you follow the pattern where the mind goes, the body shall follow, which what you focus on shall control you. So if you put it put it to them in that, that aspect is that if you follow this, you're going to be controlled. If you don't want to be controlled, then you have to renew your mind. And the only way that you renew your mind is put something new and different in there in order to renew your mind. You can't keep doing the same thing and, and get a different result. What they call that insanity. You know, you're not going to get a different result. So you have to renew your mind. And the only way that you can renew your mind is to find something different and new. We got so much stuff that they don't know, you know, that once they grab a hold of something new and something that's refreshing, they're like, oh, I didn't know that. But I would always say is to give them that that, that speech is that if you don't want to be controlled, by somebody you don't want to have to take a dump take a shower eat on somebody else's command then these are the the steps that you're going to have to take in order not to go down that road you know when you were in that law library reading you were transformed i was i was and that that was the renewing of your mind because you were feeding yourself things that were good, things that God himself would approve and say that that's good, that knowledge, because not having knowledge is a sin, you know? So adding to that knowledge, kids nowadays, 
they don't feel that that's worth anything. But you have to show them. Knowledge is power and it's real power. When you add those new things to your mind and be transformed and renewed, you can no longer say, I'm going to go down this road, this route, because you're smarter than that. You ain't going to go down that route. And if you hate being controlled, learn how to gain your own control by looking at it and saying, oh, man, I have to renew my mind so I'm not controlled by the ways of this world. So you follow the pattern of this world, you know where that's that's going to end. <laughs> you know, you're either going to be dead or in jail. Yeah, man. <laughs> Yo, this, it, 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 it's crazy out here. Yeah. It, it, it's crazy out here, man. Well, one thing I could say, man, you know, I'm not proud of the fact that I've been incarcerated, but I'm proud of the fact that while incarcerated, I found something that was constructive. Right. And I, I found the art of writing. And like for me, I like to, I love to tell this story. Like the very first night I wrote, you know, that, that next morning I had an OG on the block. I let him re- read it and he became my accountability partner from that day on. And he stayed on my case. And if there was a night I didn't write, the night before I didn't write, he told he told me I owed him two chapters. So with with him being on my case like that, you know, I thought it was beautiful because he he held he held he held my feet to the fire. Yeah. So there was no languishing. What could I languish? It was like you know, handle your business, Mo. Right. You 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 have this God given ability. Handle your business. Yeah. So you know, no knowing knowing that I had this. This guy given ability, man. I went full throttle with it, and 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 to think, in October I'm gonna be ten years as an author. To me, that's to me that's monumental. Yep. You know that's monumental. You know a lot of people may may not understand the importance, but to me it's important because yeah. I know where I came from. I know what I went through just to get to that point. Yep. And it was, it was all divine. It was all meant to be. Like, we all not going to ride the same road, you know, to get to where we, we got to go. Sometimes we got to get sat down so we can't move. We have to think about what's the next move, you know. Um, so those are things that's going to happen in life in order to get your attention, you know. So think about, I always think about it like this. And now that I got older, I'm like, oh, man, that's what it was. Anytime that I was supposed to be somewhere on time and I don't make it there on time, something was going to happen. If I got pulled over, got locked up, got harassed, I did those 18 months for that doggone anger management. It was a reason why, you know. So if I was left to my own devices and doing my own thing at those particular times that could have been the death of me true you know? true true words so now what i think about i always think about it like this if i don't make it there to this place at this particular time if something comes up it was a reason behind it facts i say thank you god for interceding because Maybe I shouldn't. Have, I, I wasn't supposed to go down that road. You wasn't. You know? I wasn't supposed to get there in time because the the car acted up. I ain't had a problem with the car, and then the car act like it don't want to stop. Car perfectly fine, but something 
goes on and it, it hasn't had a problem since. So I always look at it and I say, that was done for a reason. You know, so when you look at what you had to do, it was done for a reason. It was a reason that you had to sit down for that time. You know, you wouldn't be who you are right now if it wasn't for that. A man Facts. becomes a man through his experiences, through what he goes through. So you you got to give it all up to the most high and say, look, thank you for all of that because you have painted a perfect picture with imperfect brushes and things that you had to go through, but he has made you who you are because of all of those experiences that you had to go through. So bless up to every, every, everything, you know, you said them 23 hours in the hole for <laughs> knocking that out. <laughs> oh my God. Don't it was know. worth it. <laughs> oh man, those memories, man, like they used to say, man, the, you do the time, don't let the time do you. Right. And, you know, just to think about something beautiful came out of this, you know, I can say, looking back, I'm, now I'm I'm a three-time going to become a four-time author. Yep. You know, my daughter's an author. You know, I have intentions to take some of my some of my literature and put it on the big screen, you mm-hmm. know, for both our children and and our people's like, so it's like it, it's so it's so gratifying for me to see that my words are touching people. Yeah. That, because I love to go by the phrase, I aspire to inspire others through the power of my words. That's a shameless plug for my new book that's coming out through James yes, Books Sims Publishing, coming shortly. You know what I mean? My, the OG is, is handling that. <laughs> Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The OG's handling that. So, like, big bro, you know I have to have you on to celebrate you because you just don't understand, you know, what you're doing is so vital for us. From day one, when I mentioned you told me you was a publisher, mm-hmm. I'm like, what? We got those? Yes, sir. You know what I mean? Even though it took me two years later to finally work with you. <laughs> hey, hey, but you know, you know how it is. You're traveling kind of like the same circles, you know. I've seen you do your work. Um, I've seen some authors that I've met, and you've actually worked with them, you know. So I, I, I've seen you out there working, man, you know. So it's always a joy to, you know, run across, you know, any brother and sister that's out there in, in any capacity, any way that I can help, you know. Um, I'm always there, you know, whether it's to give some advice, give a different perspective or something or even working with you, you know? So I think that if one of us, win, we all win, you know, and especially Big if we facts. are, we are going down the same path, then we all win. You know, we just got to learn how to link up and learn how to bring our superpowers together to make it work. You know, big facts. Like my, my, like my daughter, she, she's extremely grateful for you. And primarily your son, for the wonderful, um, the wonderful illustration he did, like, like my daughter's an author, you know what I mean, yeah. and and to me that's huge because, you know, at the right young age of fourteen, she was an author before she became fourteen. Yeah, like you don't find you don't find too many of, of children who can say that. Yeah. So me me being able to help her to get to that point in life, like I'm I'm uber proud of myself. And and it only goes to show that, you know, a man can rehabilitate himself 
and become the best version of himself. Oh yeah, definitely. You know definitely. what I mean? And, 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 I'm the same way with how you was feeling. I was like looking at my son, like, hold on, dude. I know you could draw, but come on. Because, <laughs> you know, sometimes it just, you know, he, he draws a little here and then and keep it kind of keep it to himself, you know, and still building it. He, he likes to get a project out in full and just just hold it and don't don't. don't. But for him to take on that project and to run with it like he did. I was amazed. I was because he draws a lot of animation stuff, you know. So if it's guys with muscles and you know them doing the kicks and everything, and that yep. he, you know, I'm like, yeah, that's a, that's what he draws. But then to go outside of that and to draw something different, yeah, that really kind of caught my eye. I was like, wow, I was impressed. Man, I was impressed for your boy, man. Like, <laughs> and, and to me, it's so dope that. To see both our children in collaboration, yeah, and and, and neither one is ex, is sixteen yet, yeah. You well, know, my son just turned sixteen. Oh, you see, yeah. But yeah. he did this before he turned sixteen. Yeah. Uh huh. You yeah. know what I mean? So to to know that is the case, it's 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 refreshing and it warms my heart and and it let us know that we're doing a good job as fathers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, we we're doing a good job as fathers, and I got to give you another. I got to give you a serenade with some more celebration for you, the young queen Panora that you're raising. Oh, to know that she opened up her own spot, her own beauty salon. Like yo, yo, shout out to her and primarily you, big bro, for for pushing her in that direction. Yeah, but you know, I had to correct you on that, sir. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. She has the nail. Uh, shop as part of the salon. So is a salon that uh, our uh, hairdresser owns, but she gave her the front of the salon. Well, you know what? Nonetheless, yeah. I'll take that back, but I'm still <laughs> celebrating because she's still doing her own thing. Yes, indeed. She's yep. still her own boss. You know what I mean? Even though yep. the, the venue might not be hers, but just the mere fact the owner of that venue gave her the opportunity to yep. do her own thing in her spot, nonetheless, yep. still gets love. You know what yep. I mean? Definitely. And she got her own space, paying her own way. So yeah. That's you know, beautiful. you know, to me, that's still that's still love, man. And you still deserve your celebration. So even though you <laughs> I got corrected in the fact of who was the owner of it, but you still get cele- celebrated because of the fact that you're a good father. You're a great father and Thank you're you a shiny example. To other young men out there who are becoming fathers, you know, on how to be the best father that they can be, you know. Yeah. So, I ask you this, big bro: Where do you see literature going down the road, five, ten, fifteen, twenty years down the road? I think it's going to be more expressive because remember what they're doing right now. They're taking history and they're really trying to keep you from talking about history. So they only want uh, the white history shown. And everybody's still trying to figure out what are you guys doing with with not trying to talk about race, this critical race theory? Are you trying to omit parts of history, which would not serve the public at all because now you're just whitewashing or you're taking away uh, history. So I think it's, it's, it's definitely going to be more expressive because uh, people are going to talk, you know, they're going to talk about this, they're going to talk about uh, currently, like we just put out a 
shit called quarantine. Uh, and it has something to do with 2020. So it's a, uh, just saying it was 2020. So we had a list of folks that just wrote about their experience during the uh, the pandemic. You know, so people were expressive about how they felt. And then you had some folks that was like, okay, can't say that word. You know, it's a bad word. Can't say that word because they want to, uh, you know, censor me. But a lot of people got on that that book and expressed what they felt and what they were going through. And that, that was part of history, you know, because if you wait for the news to tell it, we lived it. We in the, we in the, in the beginning to the end of it, we lived it. So we know what was said. But if you wait 10 years, 20 years down the road and they do us like they did 9-11 with the different news clips where they cut a lot of stuff out, what type of history are people going to get if they don't get the history from the people that was on the ground? You know, so I that think true. literature is going to become way, way more expressive because you can't restrict that if you're putting it out yourself. You're producing these books yourself. Uh, you're not going to get censored. You know, if you have a way to print your books, publish your books, you're not getting censored. Now, you can put it on the market. If the market say, hey, we don't want to carry that book, so what? We still going to pump the book. We still got ways to sell that book. Um, so you can't, you're not going to be restricted to say what you want to say um, if you have the means to to put your book out. But I think it's going to be more expressive because of what's going on. People speak out. They they say a whole lot during times of of turbulence and times of you know war and and just downright you know racism and 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 this hypocrisy. So I, I think that uh, a lot of folks are going to be more expressive. You will see more writers. I think I I saw an influx of more writers during the pandemic. Everybody I must agree. I must agree. I I, I yeah. would say we we found more entrepreneurs because of the yeah. plan, the, the pandemic. A lot of people quit their yeah. jobs. Yep. They That's call true. they call it the great resignation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, yeah. the great resignation. Yeah, because people started to see what life was really about, and they start to to hold it in the balance. Like, oh wow, I see what's coming. Am I going to work like a slave the rest of my life and really get nowhere? Or shall I take it in my own hands and do what I need to do for my family? Facts. Because let's be real, big bro. Once you pass away, you think they're not going to find somebody else to do your job? Right. Yeah. You you think that that's not going to happen, man? You you, you killing yourself. You you know what I mean? Right. You think otherwise. Yep. And you got to understand this. I got an author, uh, Dr. Jonathan Roberts. He got the, the, his book is The Seven Practical Steps for Executive Ascension, The African-American Void and How You Can Fill It. Now, in that book, he's te- he's telling you that we are the talent pool. We Without are. Without us, the company's not running. So you what are they running to? <laughs> you have to understand, you are the talent that's making this company run. So at you can leave and start your own. But people are trapped saying, oh, I can't because they paying me. Dude, do you not understand? I remember I had the privilege um, 
to look at how they were doing contracting scales at one of the jobs that I was at, right? Okay. And they were paying $127 an hour per contractor. And it was only paying me like $26. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You see the dis- these folks $127. You see the disrespect? Right. <laughs> you see the disrespect? Because, because, no, because you're the melanin man. Right. This Ain't this about a bitch? Yeah. So we are the talent. People got to understand. Yeah, your company will rock regardless. You are the talent. You can make it run. Because if you're making it run for them, and nine times out of ten, we're carrying the whole load anyway. Facts. If we have five of us and 40 employees that are not us, a lot of times those five are carrying the weight. I've seen it up close and personal. And it's just ridiculous how they do us in in the workforce. Uh, So we can. It's just that uh, we got to break those shackles, man. We got to break those mental shackles that are keeping us back and thinking that, oh, we have to work for someone in order for it to deem deem to be good, you know, or, or you have the talent, you can do it, you know, everything that you're equipped with, the same things that you are doing on that job, you could do it for yourself, you know. No, that's that, that, that's a, that's a huge fact, and I ask you as the literature extraordinaire, um, what advice would you give to up and coming authors, whether young or old, and 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 taking that next step to publishing their book? First and foremost, don't have any doubt. Don't don't have any doubt. Understand that it will get done. And that just because you had the heart enough to write it, it will get done. Don't doubt it. Um, a lot of folks stop because they don't know what is on the other side of that mountain, you know. Yeah. They're just looking at the mountain and like, oh, hell, I got to climb this. Don't worry about that. Just start. And anything that you are willing into existence, it all will come to you. Whether you're looking for the perfect editor, the perfect uh, with, it'll all come to you. But it has to speak to you. Don't get in a situation where you're working with someone and there's some doubt there's some doubt between are they legit for me or not? You know, if that doubt comes in, ride with that. Understand that that's 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 that thought, that's that God in you saying, okay, nah, we need to investigate this a little bit more because I'm not comfortable with this. You know, then take your time and research. Do True. research. Do your own research. You know, but never give up. Know that at the end of the day, your word is going to affect someone out here in this world positively. So I would say never give up, but always know that if you keep going, it's going to get done. Research, never never doubt your abilities because um, the other thing is keep a narrow mind when you are working. And, and the reason why I say keep a narrow mind is that Avoid all of the chatter that's around you because you may have your homeboy read it, your homegirl read it, and they may be like, oh, it ain't, it's all right. 
Don't allow nobody. Just keep your mind on the prize. You know, keep your mind straight on that prize of, of finishing your work. Don't let nobody tell you it's not good, you know, because you'll have a lot of folks that's going to project what they feel on you. My first book got cut up all different types of ways. <laughs> was like, oh, no, you shouldn't have said that. I said, man, but that was reality. What are you talking about? I'm not changing the story. It's real. It's reality. You know, I'm not changing it. But she was cutting it all up, you know, because she had her own version or her own feelings about certain things that weren't reality in my world. You know, I said, that's good and all, but that's not what happened. This is really what happened. So don't allow for anyone to, you know, put you down, dish your work. Don't don't listen to, you know. Finish your work because if it's in your heart to to do, is it, it it's there for you to complete and to finish, you know. So, I would just say, pay attention to those things and you'll get through it, you know. And reach out to someone that's going to be practical. Um, watch out for publishers that are looking for, a, you know, if they can't talk to you like this, they don't really care about you. You know, facts, facts. They can't really break down certain factors in this this line of work. Um, really get you in the right headspace uh, for your writing. Then they're not worth it. You know, don't let them sell you no dreams neither, because that's the other thing is that people get disillusioned. Um, this is no different than your regular than anything in life. All things in life need to show themselves approved. You know, whether you study, uh, definitely study, but everything in life needs to show itself approved. And it, it's, it's approving grounds that you have to go through. So you're just not going to, oh, I just wrote a book. Give me my million. <laughs> we all win. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you, you know, it's the illest, the illest shit that my mom told me. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, me coming from the Haitian culture, right? Right. I told my mom I was the author. I thought my mom was going to be happy. Oh, my son's the author. <laughs> my mom just, she looked at me, she sucked her teeth. It was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> then she's like, Junior, who who knows you, Junior? You're not known, Junior. You're not popular. <laughs> You're not popular. You're not, nobody's going to do by your book, Junior. And then she sucked her teeth again. I'm like, yo, I'm like, yo, damn. <laughs> Why don't you spit in my face? <laughs> I thought, I thought my mom Dukes was gonna hold me down. You know what I mean? Gas me up, man. Negro, please. Negro, please. Oh, there. Who, who? Junior, please. I'm like, shit. That's how you feel, mama. You know, <laughs> when she was speaking of reality, no one knows you. Yeah, so no, you're not gonna sell that million like that. You know, it's no, but you see, some I already came done. into the game knowing I wasn't gonna do, I wasn't right. gonna do numbers. Look, I put it to you like this, big bro. Uh-huh. Online wise, I don't do no numbers. Right. You know, I do most of my numbers. My number face to face when I do these yes, events. Sir. That's when I sell. You know, and when I do these events, I go with fifty books. The, the most amount of books I'm coming back with is three. Yeah. Because I'm selling out. You know yep. what I mean? Once once I'm into these events, I, I, I use the corner boy mentality. Mm-hmm. 
You know what I mean? I'm not waiting for people to come to my booth. I'm going to you. Like, yo, come. You need to read. Come. You look like you need to read. Or I'll be looking at I'll be looking at those babies and giving them those smile. Like, I know you want to read. Uh-huh. <laughs> you, know <what> I mean? <laughs> you know, so listen, literature, literature is here to stay and it's not going nowhere. Right. It, it, it's not going nowhere. So I ask you this, big bro. Looking back in life, what would you tell the 10 year old you? The, the 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 current you, what would the current you tell the 10 year old you? And what would the current you advise the um you six um 10, 20 years down the road? Man. So 10 year old me, dang dude, that's the what, <laughs> what what would you what would you tell him? Wow. Man, you picked the year, buddy. You picked the year. <laughs> Hey, but 10-year-old, wow. that's when things really change for us. Wow. You picked the year. Man. So, dang, because I, I think for, for 10-year-old me, it was it was a lot going on, bro, a lot. I almost lost my mom the first time. Okay. Uh, she had pneumonia. Uh, my dad didn't show up for my 10th birthday. And I saw him subsequently two years, a whole two years down the street from where I lived and never came to my house. Nice. Uh, so a lot, a lot happened mentally during those course of times. And then 10 years was when my mom told me, you are a man. I can't teach you how to be a man. So you're going to have to learn how to be a man. So that sent me on a journey at 10 trying to figure that out. I was like, I'm a man. I'm a man now. Like I got, you know, how you, how they swear you in with the sword. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, there you go. Peace. You out of here. So I had to figure that, figure all of that stuff out. Um, I think me telling 10 year old me, if I had to, if I had to tell him, I would have told him to write from that standpoint because I, I had a lot of stuff bottled up and what's crazy is that my mind works where I remember those years. Most people don't even remember when they were young and, and different days out of the year. I remember those like it was yesterday, you know. Um, I would I would tell 10-year-old me, you know, is to not be so consumed with anger. Don't write that list and to be more constructive as far as my thoughts are concerned and, and be a little bit more open because I think I closed everything up at 10. I didn't really involve a lot of people in my life. I was became very angry and I didn't want anyone to get close to me. So I, I would have told 10-year-old me, it's, it's okay to have friends. It's okay to have people in your life, but then also still be that man, still be that leader. And I've been that leader all my life uh, that kind of kept me out of a lot of stuff, but do away with the anger, you know, and and to do something constructive as far as starting earlier 
you know, but everything was kind of bottled up. Um, so that's that's me telling myself, 10-year-old me. Me telling myself from here until the future is to keep keep at what you're doing. Stay on that course. Um, because now, you know, prior to that, I jumped into any and everything in life, you know. My thing was that my grandma put this into me at right around 10 too, is that every time we got in trouble and it was me, my brother, my sister, and my other two cousins. So we was like the five, five, <laughs> um, but every time we get in trouble, it don't matter who did it. I was always getting hit. It didn't matter if I came in the beginning of the line, the middle of the line, the back of the line, you know how they say, get in the house. Was that because you was the eldest? No, I was I was like the smallest. <laughs> I was the smallest uh out of everybody. You know, I was, you know, I was the middle kid. But then like I say, Grandma, how come every time we go on the house and get punished, you always hit me? She said you wasn't too short, you wasn't too tall, you was just right. So <laughs> she knew she had that wisdom that one of these kids is going to hate getting in trouble. <laughs> They're going to hate getting in trouble. They're going to do their damnedest not to get caught. <laughs> and that was me. I was like, nah, if I do it, nobody going to tell on me but me. <laughs> you know what I mean? You do the crime by your time, by yourself. <laughs> how can you How can you snitch on yourself? Right. <laughs> how can you snitch on yourself, my brother? Yeah, so, you know, I, I learned how to do things on my own, you know, for a while. Uh, but, yeah, I would say stay the course now, you know. I think once you find your your meaning and your purpose in life, then you 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 need to go with it and enrich it. So I think uh, with being a uh, first-class boiler engineer to being uh, HVAC certified, Boiler engineer, um, those things, you know, I liked them, but I wanted to do other things. I was a salesperson, which came natural. I sold you new and used cars. Um, I did a lot. I did a lot of things, you know, uh, legal and illegal. Um, <laughs> but sounds sounds familiar to me. Yeah. So so to come to this where everybody had great hopes for me to be this, to be that, and to come to where I'm at now. Um, finding your purpose is a big thing, you know, and when you find it, it, it just clicks and you say, oh man, this is me. You know, I have a nonprofit. So the nonprofit um, has a program called Hashtag Write Your Story. So Hashtag Write Your Story is a literary initiative that help kids write their own story but also give them life skills. You know, I think about coming up. We were out in the street at five, going to the true, school, doing whatever. True, true. <laughs> Us now saying, yeah, go ahead. And I keep ripping and running the street. It's like, nah, we, we wouldn't have had them going to the corner store the same way that we were. <laughs> you know, we no, were hell no. going everywhere. You're trying, you're trying to protect that baby. <laughs> right. <laughs> So we kind of learned those lessons very, very early. Um, so I try to use the lessons that I've learned in my life to make it practical, to kind of fill in the gaps. 
like nowadays they don't have um, cursive. Cursive is not even in the schools anymore, um, as it was coming up where we had a lot of uh, emphasis on learning how to write in cursive. Um, the emphasis on uh, how you can adult better when you get older as far as finances, as far as interpersonal skills. How do you treat one another? Like these kids have no idea of how to treat people, you know, where respect goes a long way, you know. It does. Understand it does. Life is, is, is very short, so don't think that you are the man or you are the woman. No, you're going to have 10-year-old me come meet your ass at your house, and it's going to be a different story. So you don't want, you know, that to be your life. So so kind of showing these kids different levels of life and then also implementing that whole uh, seven-step program that gets them to writing their story, uh, after writing their story, publishing, showing them ownership, showing them how to diversify their books as far as in selling, um, and just the different structures and the different platforms that they can be on, you know, uh, getting a kid on a stage in New York or whether even getting their book showcased in, in, in China, you know, things of that nature, just showing them different things. Um, so that program is, is built and is ready to, to help these kids uh, learn that much. And we're actually working on building uh, a building on our on our land that we purchased. We worked with the school system in Clayton County for a little bit. Uh, that went okay, but then it kind of fizzled out because of some things in the in the office. So sometimes you, you run across folks that are just not there to help your kids, man. You know, they're just there for a paycheck. And it's unfortunate. So um, I have that. You know, I have the nonprofit. I have the publishing company and then also we have something that just came up that is very vital to all of our uh existence is that we have a lot of food deserts around the hoods every hood you go to is a damn food desert i know, you know for some reason or another why yeah they don't have the resources they don't have the herbs they don't have proper nutrition um so I have a company now that we have two sources of uh, suppliers now, so I can be a wholesaler and distributor of different types of herbs. Uh, so we're, we're setting that up to try to get um, some of these stores in some of these areas that are food deserts, you know, to help these folks out. Man, big bro, yeah. man, you don't know how proud I am of you and the things, the multiple to the things that you got working on. Tell the people where they could find you, how they could reach out to you, especially if there's up and coming authors, people who want to become authors or people who just want who just want to get to know you better. How can they reach you? OK, you know, I'm, I'm on IG. Uh, I, I'm really I, I've been trying to get my mind wrapped around this social media thing. Um, and I'm still trying to get get with it. But uh, I'm on IG. Uh, under Legacy Sims, I'm on IG under uh, my company name uh, Sims underscore Books underscore Publishing, and then our nonprofit is SB Foundation, 
no SBP Foundation. See how how many times I get to say that, but it's SBP Foundation for our nonprofit, and then Legacy All Care Teas for our uh, wholesale company for different herbs. Okay, okay. Yeah. You see, this is what I'm talking about, guys. You see, my big bro, you got everything going on. Please go, go support my brother. You know what I mean? And I promise you, every author out there, if you need somebody, he's the guy. And his yes, son sir, could draw, his son could draw his ass off. You know what yes, I mean? Sir. You know, I'll put him against any illustrator out there. <laughs> I put my yes, money sir. on this young man here. Y'all better start playing. You know what I mean? Y'all better start playing. Like, yo, big bro, you don't know how much I'm appreciative of you for just coming in on the check-in, you know, coming, talking to your boy. Um, I'm so hyped. I'm so eager that you gave me this opportunity for us to talk, for us to build. Um, yes, sir. Like, we got to have you back on Combos with Living Legends because in my eyes, you're a living legend. And Thank I'm, you, sir. You know, I'm truly grateful because not only were you able to uh, help me accomplish my dream, you help, you was able to help me accomplish my daughter's dream for her. And yes, for sir. that, you know, I, I thank you. I, yes, I will never well. stop thanking you, but I know yeah. you kind of get tired of me thanking you, but. Oh, uh, no, sir. Hey, hey, that's good, man. You know, what's funny, though, is uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this uh, uh, real quick, but what means the world to most folks is that being able to hear someone like my mom always used to say their name is the sweetest thing to them to their ears so for someone to be able to remember someone's name is the sweetest thing that they could ever hear so no i i don't get tired of uh you know you saying thank you you know don't get tired of that especially when we we have these uh type of situations that a lot of folks don't have that type of uh a family where a family is like, Hey, I see what you're doing. Uh, I love what you're doing. Congratulations. Let me support you. You know, I come from a family where everyone's an individual, man. They don't say nothing to you. <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah, you do that, whatever. You know, they, they don't congratulate you. They don't say anything to you. They don't even want to support you. You can go to them and say, Hey, I got this thing going on. And, and it just feels like, if you was doing bad, they would have a lot to say. If you was out there, if you was in jail, and you was doing this, doing that, they would have a lot to say. But then when you are out on your own, striving to do something greater, it just feels like, whoa, I don't hear nothing from you, bro. Like, you sure we don't got the same? Fa- you sure we don't got the same family? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? That sounds just like my family. <laughs> Them bastards. But <laughs> so you know. We gotta correct that, man. You know, you know, we gotta we gotta show um uh better and we gotta correct it, you know, and 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 just to piggyback off of that, I just heard from one of my mom's sisters, you know, and it's been years. So she she has reached out to me and uh I think you know that's a that's gonna be a good process of being able just to talk, you know, because there's a lot of stuff there. And it's like, wow, you know, so they're finding out stuff about me that I actually put out there to them at a point in time. And they didn't even they didn't even listen. I said, wow, you 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 acting like this is brand new. Remember that that Zoom meeting we had? I've been told you that you was in listening. <laughs> I had a full uh, presentation. <laughs> 
and y'all don't even remember that, you know. But it 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 happens sometimes, you know. So, you know, if you could repair at any moment in time, that's that's the beauty of it all. That she's coming back, and we'll be able to have that discussion. But you know, just to say that we all we all have those problems, man. We all have issues with family, but it's never too late, never. you know, to, to turn things around. You know, never too late, you know. Yes, sir. And I'm 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 just grateful that I'm grateful that we still here, you know, despite the many the you know, the many people who doubted us, who counted us out, who thought we wasn't gonna last to a certain point in our lives, but we here now. And yes, you know, sir. We proven a lot of people wrong. And we prove you know, and we showing people that gentlemen like ourselves, I don't like to call us we're not original gangsters. We're original gentlemen and original gods. You know, yes, if you're gonna call me OG, just know that you're calling me an original god or original gentleman. And, yes, and and guys like me and you, we fit that bill because we're 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 trying to be shining examples of what not to do and how to be greater than us. So yes. like I'm gonna always celebrate you, big bro. You don't know how much we appreciate you coming on convos with living legends. This Thank was you, the 18th sir. episode, and basically the topic of discussion was basically speaking on how we can, you know the importance of literature in the melanin community and we celebrate you we honor you big bro and we manifest infinite greatness as you continue on your journey yes sir thank you know, you you know what i mean and thank you once again this is your boy god with many visions with another wonderful episode of combos with living legends please check us out on spotify anchor itunes google Podcasts, and many more platforms to come we out of here infinite greatness to you all we out Peace.